Ahoy, and welcome aboard to Everybody Ships Us. I'm Shelley Norfleet. I'm Bonnie Dolan. And we are best friends and roommates and that's it. We know everybody not so secretly ships us, which gave us a brilliant idea. We decided to date for one hour each week right here in our living room and see where it leads. Because what is dating if not investing your time, your energy, and your heart into a relationship with your favorite person? Yeah, what is dating if not, I don't know, two salty olives figuring out that life is no pony farm. So let's do this. We're not dating at all. I mean, welcome back to the living room. Thank you so much for having me. I haven't been here in months. It's been a long time. Yeah, it's been a it's been a minute. I do feel like we should probably address the fact that we recorded two podcast episodes and then took like a month and a half long break. It was a hiatus. Yeah. It's professional. Yeah. We just weren't doing great. No, we were not. And we did not think that it would be a good time to share our innermost thoughts on a microphone. But we're back and we're fine. Well. We're we're mostly fine. We're doing better. We are here. (laughs) We are in the living room. So, um, what's up? (laughs) God, I've never heard more loaded question. So much is up. Let's see. Where did we where did we leave off last time? We were going to Jameson's Oh my god performance. Yeah. yeah. And that was fantastic. It was so Oh good. my god. It I mean, the man is a wonder. He is so talented and all of his music, even I had never heard most of the songs he played and I was like singing along and like bobbing my head and just everyone it was just a bop, 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 bop. Everything he plays is charged with so much emotion mm-hmm. that you're like immediately transported where he is. Yeah. He is really good. Yeah. And I would feel that way even if he weren't our friend. I was a little bit sad that he didn't play my favorite song, Las Vegas. Yeah. Which, it, I mean, he's not promoting that record right now, but I love that song. Well, but he did mention that the next <laughs> music thing we're going to... Next week. We just stand Jameson. He said he was going to play some favorites. So. Okay. Hopefully. Hopefully Las Vegas is on there. He did tell me that most of them are going to be upbeat stuff. So maybe your favorite song will get played. Mm, The robot song. The robot song. Which is called what? Blacking out. Blackout. 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 Mm. That's a good one. Yeah, that one's. One zero. One zero. (laughs) I'm blacking out. It's such a good song. So that was that was really fun, and we were apprehensive beforehand about social interactions and knowing that we're going to be in a room full of unmasked yet vaccinated people, and I think we killed it. I think so, too. Yeah. I forgot about the pandemic for a hot little second. Yeah, it just felt really normal. Yeah. We were just, we were vibing. I was making friends. I know. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. I was extroverted Shelly that night. You were. I haven't talk to any of those people since, but... But your Instagram friends now. Instagram friends. And one of them's going to be at the next thing, so... Mm-hmm. She's performing. She's awesome. Yep. So that was that was fun. That was a good time in our lives. That was a good time in our lives. And then... Yep. Very shortly after. Very shortly after. It became a little bit tough. Yeah, on things... both of our ends. For a while, we were just busy. We had a couple of other things going on with um, commercial shoots and all that jazz. So that's why we took a break 
at first. And we just thought that we should just like push it back a little bit more. We only talked about it. Like we only talked about pushing it back for two weeks and then both of us just stopped acknowledging the fact that we were both continually pushing it back. We just never talked about it again. No, we didn't go to any meetings. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't mention it. Not a single time. But we, we're back. So we talked about it eventually. We did. But not before you came out and sat in the living room just to see if I would come out, despite us not having a meeting for six weeks. Well, no, because I kept getting emails that you were updating the the meeting, the pod in- meeting. I got like three oh, different emails. Oh, because I deleted it from my calendar. Oh. Every time we didn't have one, I just deleted it from my calendar. I didn't, I, I didn't like read what the notification was. I just saw like, Bonnie Dolan updated pod invitation. So I was like, okay, all right. So we're doing it. So we're doing it. I'll come out in the living room. That's so good. That's so funny. <laughs> Without like asking or acknowledging it, I just like came, sat for like 20 minutes and I was like, oh, are we good communicators? Sometimes. <laughs> I think sometimes. Yeah, I think we can communicate where it matters. We are good at communicating when it comes to emotions mm-hmm. and, you know, checking if the other person has space yep. to to listen to grievances or bad days or what have you. Mm-hmm. And those are, are what I would classify as important. Yeah. And the other things like who's going to get almond milk yeah. or eggs, and then neither of us talk about it, and then we just have a bunch or none. Sometimes I know that we don't have any eggs, and I'll buy two cartons of eggs, and then on the same day, you'll come back with your own carton of eggs, and we're like, we have three cartons of eggs. <laughs> yep. You know, in those areas where there is room for error, like, yeah. worse that happens, we just have a bunch of eggs. Right. Uh, we're not great at it. We should be better at that. We should just maybe throw a text each other's way when we're going grocery shopping. Be like, hey, I'm buying eggs. Tell me if I shouldn't. Right. Now that we're both having regular lattes, mm. yours chai, mine various, we don't necessarily need to tell the other person when we're getting oat milk because we go through oat milk really yeah, quick. Yeah, we power through that. Yeah. We are single-handedly keeping the oat milk industry alive. We are. And you are single-handedly keeping the almond milk industry alive <laughs> by drinking Cups of almond milk by themselves. I thought we could get through one episode. Nope, we can't. Without talking about my almond milk consumption that I only do every now and then. (laughs) For me, every now and then is too often. (laughs) You said it wasn't as bad as you thought it was going to be. You're right. Although I think this conversation is funny, and so I don't want to give up that easily on my stance. It's fun to have fake conflict with you. Turns into very real conflict for me. Oh no. Almost immediately. Oh no. Do you feel defensive when I talk about your almond milk? Yes. It's not weird. It's fine. Tell me it's fine. Validate me. (laughs) It's, um, it is not the weirdest thing about you. Is that worse? That's worse. I said something worse. (laughs) I tried to fix it and be honest and it didn't work. Thank you. So much. I feel really good about our friendship now. Yeah. I do have to say that, like, okay, I've been keeping a feelings journal because um, I 
it is my therapy homework. And I've noticed that the times that I get the most angry, it's when I don't feel listened to. Mm. It's when I feel like somebody is misunderstanding me either unintentionally or intentionally and making a judgment on how I feel without truly listening to me expressing myself. Yeah. I, I could get that. I, I, I mean, I haven't done a feelings journal. Mm-hmm. I haven't connected those dots, but I could see how that would, you know, kind of set the tone for the rest of your feelings of the day. Yeah. It, it, it just bothers me, man. Because I try to listen to other people, and, like, if they're sort of telling the narrative of their life, they know them better than I know them, right? Mm-hmm. So I would trust them. So why don't people trust me when I tell them how I'm feeling? Because we all know better than you, Bonnie. Oh, really? Yeah, I know how you're feeling more than you know how you're feeling. Okay, tell me how I'm feeling right now. You are feeling hot (laughs) and like you want to be right about this. I always feel that way. (laughs) So am I, right? (laughs) You are. You cast a wide net, but you got it. (laughs) Oh, caught something. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) What else have we been doing this month that has nothing to do with our mental health? We could talk about the commercial. Oh, yeah. We should talk about the commercials. Okay, so I've, I've directed a commercial before, so I directed another one. But I'm curious how you felt because you directed a commercial for the first time. Very first time directing anything with a little asterisk. Ast- <sighs> yep. I, I did this before. Asterisk. Nice. Because I kind of technically directed a summer camp Shakespeare thing. <laughs> was it filmed or was it theater? Theater. Okay. So this is very different. Yes. I'm not convinced that I know what a director does still. Okay. (laughs) Because I feel like this was both a group effort. So we were all doing things that I had previously thought were like a director's job. And also I was doing things I didn't assume were a director's job. And I think that if somebody asked me to direct a different project, I would have to go back to the drawing board and (laughs) figure out what I'm supposed to be doing and what my role actually is. Uh Uh-huh. But that being said, I thought it was a really great experience. I actually felt really fulfilled for the first time in a long time. So that was really cool. It was strange being an authority in in any capacity. Yeah. (laughs) I'm normally like an assistant or someone who can feel like they have authority, but because somebody else gave me that authority to say like, oh, so-and-so wants you to do this. So I can say that what rather than I want you to do this. That's very difficult for me. Yeah. And it was my whole ass job. It was. It was fun though. It was it was really cool and I and I it was hell leading up to it. A seasoned director would probably freak out over the stuff that you had to deal with in the days leading up to it. Yeah, a little bit of context. Basically through a chain of events, the week before the shoot, I didn't have an editor. I didn't have a location. I didn't have a sign, which was very important to the commercial. And I didn't have all of my actors and got most of that figured out. And then the day before the shoot, it was at three of my seven actors dropped out mm-hmm. less than 24 hours <laughs> before yep. the shoot. But we, 
figured it out. I had a great um, team on my side and helping me through this and every panic attack that I wouldn't allow to be a panic attack. So I just started not blinking and dancing. Mm -hmm. I'm sure it was a very odd sight. Yeah, the image of you doing that um, makes me concerned for you. (laughs) Yeah, but I got through it. And then the day of the shoot, I woke up and I was just ready. I just, I felt good and ready and I think it all went well. That's awesome. And you did a great job. It should be noted that you did a great job. And the commercial came out so beautifully. Yay. Yay. How was your experience doing your commercial? Mine was great. It was... A concept that Alex had, and it was in partnership with a great salon here in Long Beach called Salon Benders. We love them. We absolutely love them. So mine went great. You were in it. I was. You acted in my commercial. You were my line producer. And then you directed another commercial and then sprouted like five other commercials out of your original commercial. So you have been one very busy person. Yeah, I was. Yeah. The first commercial that I directed for the same client did have a storyline, but it was all filmed remotely, and so I couldn't control a lot of the things that were happening on it. So this is the first one I felt like I had a little bit more control. I had a sense of the story that I wanted to build, but it was filmed sort of documentary style, so we also found the story through interviews, and that was really fun. Um, And I think my next step that I want to do in my directing career is direct like a short film or a episode of a web series so that I can build on that like storytelling kind of aspect of it. Yeah. Which I really enjoyed this time around. And we used the same editor, Adrian, who is awesome. Yeah. Shout out to Adrian. We've been keeping him real busy. He's very competent, very talented, and so nice and accommodating and he's just like I want to make your vision come true yeah and I really appreciate that yeah he's great and he directs and writes too himself I didn't know that yeah he directed my cousin's music video oh so that's how you met him no I met him years ago when he was DPing for my friend Alex Romero's music video that he cast me in oh that's right I met him on that set and then we just ended up like he we kept working together and then he met my cousin through me and then they did a music video together wow that's really cool yeah so those are the things that have kind of been the bullet points i think in our our lives mm-hmm. and the other stuff is just um making it through the day yeah which we also did several days we made it through we have and i'm hoping we make it through this one yeah going pretty well so far. I mean, if I, the only thing I can foresee maybe stopping me from making it through is if I actually physically melt mm. from this heat. Yeah. Um, but then I'll just be a puddle and I can, I can live my life as a puddle. That's going to be like a minor inconvenience maximum. Yeah. It should be noted that it is the middle of summer and our apartment has zero air conditioning or anything. And while we're recording this podcast, we've got equipment running and also we have shut off our wind yep. supply. Which is very little to begin with. We don't have very much cross breeze in our apartment. No. But we get some and now we don't have any. And I'm wearing sweats. So if you don't mind, I'd love to take a break to change into some shorts. <laughs> Let's take a shorts break.
Jetzt haben wir den Salat. What does that mean? It means now we have the salad, which kind of translates to now everything is a mess. <laughs> now we have the salad. Now we have the salad. That's how we felt this past month. Now we have the salad. Now we have the salad. I'm looking up German phrases mm -hmm. because our challenger, uh, which we so definitely did before right now, uh -huh. uh, was to learn a couple of phrases in German. Yours was, right? It was both of ours was to do that. And then you had an addendum oh. to learn salty olive in German. Well, I definitely did one of those challengers. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Which one? The salty olive one. But toss me another uh, German phrase. Great. Um, let's go with... Lieben ist kein Ponyhof. Ooh. Guess what it means. Um, let go of my pony hoof. Kind of. Uh, it means life is no pony farm. Oh, Which means life can be challenging. Okay, it can be. Yeah. Yes, pony hoof. Yes, pony hoof. I think that we should start using the English translated, direct translated versions of these phrases, like life is no pony farm. We should. We should say that so that I could say salty olive in real life. Yeah. Du gest mir auf den Keks. Doug is the mirror oftentimes. So this one was less close. Okay. Um, this means you are walking on my cake. Oh. <laughs> which means you're annoying me. <laughs> you're walking on my cake, Doug. Doug, what the fuck, bro? You're walking all over my cake. <laughs> I like that phrase. Yeah. Do guests mir often cakes? Often cakes. Often. Often cakes. Often cakes. Yes. I'm the uh, person to ask about pronunciation for sure. Mm -hmm, I'm not just reading it and hoping for the best. I know someone who uh, was born in Germany and now lives here and often goes back to Germany. Often? Often goes back to Germany. <laughs> and I hope she never hears this podcast. If you speak and or understand German... Uh, we apologize for everything that we have said and are going to say in the future. Yes. Often. Often. <laughs> <laughs> we apologize for that, too. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> yep. Okay, so uh, I will tell you how to say salty olive in German using this handy um, Google Translate button. Mm-hmm. Okay. Salzige Olive. Salzige Olive. Salzige Olive. Salzige Olive. Oh, Salzige Olive. Salzige Olive. <laughs> you have to sound really detached like Salzige Olive. That <laughs> <laughs> sounds so sad. Well, that's how slow she's saying it. Salzige Olive. Salzige Olive. You sound drunk. <laughs> like you suddenly speak German when you're drunk. I'm going to. When I'm only going to use this phrase when I'm intoxicated. Great. And I'm going to say it often. <laughs> And I'm going to say it exactly like this. Can you Google translate like how to work it into a phrase? You know what I mean? Like make it like you salty olive or... Why are you being such a salty olive? You okay. know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> And <Okay>. say that. 
perfectly. Okay, this is why are you being such a salty olive? Go for it. Okay, let's do it one more time. One more time. Warum bist du so eine salzige Olive? Yeah. Yeah. That sounded pretty close. Right? Um, I'm German now. You are. Well, you might I'm, be. I might be German. We need to do 23 Ugh. and me. <laughs> Somebody pay us to do 23 and me. Somebody. Come Somebody get come get us and draw our blood for ancestry. I think it's actually spit. Oh. So That's much easier. Yeah, don't draw our blood because it wouldn't be for anything. <laughs> oh, hey, what's your blood type? Bonnie, I don't Do you not know? know? I'm O. Okay, great. I don't know if I'm positive or negative. Okay. I'm O as well. I'm O positive. O positive. I've heard that O blood is what attracts mosquitoes, which is why they love me and you. Mm-hmm. But, but they, they love, love me more. more. So maybe you're negative. Maybe I'm negative. I, th- I have a big old skeeter bite in like the weird crease of my foot. You know, those like little back ones at the back of your, mm-hmm. your Achilles. I know them well. I have it and I hate it. When I worked at a daycare, they had like an outdoor playground with sand all over it. And they were in the middle of Norwalk. And they got those sand mosquitoes every summer. Oh, no. And I just, like, my my ankles were just constantly attacked. That's the worst. It That's was really bad. The actual literal worst. Yeah. I think if I were to eradicate one being from the earth, which is a question I think about often. Oh. Um, it would okay. be ankle biters. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I, th- I have thoughts on that, but I think I really want to loop back to you thinking about eradicating mm-hmm. uh, beings from existence. Do you not think about that? No, no, I, c- I can't say that I do. Look, I watched Infinity War once and I was like, my man Thanos, does he have a point? He kind of does. He kind of does, right? Like he went about it not in a great way. No, no. But... All right, who would get snapped? Well, like I said, ankle biters would get snapped first, right out the gate for me. Number one. Who else would get snapped? Uh, White men who make you listen to their acoustic guitar. Yes, snapped. Straight up snapped. And not like actual musicians who like have a craft and are committed to it. Right. Um, But just people who know maybe like, Four chord progressions. Mm-hmm. They learned Wonderwall. Uh-huh. And yeah. they're like, I'm now very impressive. Right. And I am more deserving of your time than you are. Yeah. Yeah. I think that those people should get snapped. Yeah. No, I fully I, I fully uh, retweet that. I also, it's kind of petty, I want to snap everyone else who was trying to buy the mini heirloom tomatoes from Trader Joe's. Because for a while, I couldn't get them anywhere. They were always sold out. And like, while they have good taste. Yes, they do. I think that's very inconvenient for me. And I I think I just wouldn't want to deal with it. Mm -hmm. So I'm sorry, but they're getting snapped. You got snapped. Shouldn't have wanted the heirloom tomatoes. No. 
You shouldn't have, like, hoarded them. There should be enough for everybody. Yeah. All right? They're a whole grocery store. Now, can I ask you a follow-up question? Yes. Are you confident that it's because of the demand that you didn't get mini heirloom tomatoes, or do you think it might have been a breakdown in the supply chain? In which case, farmers should be snapped. Yeah, I'm not confident that it was a demand thing because most of the places I went, they just, they had the section and they, you know, were empty. Some places didn't even have the section. So maybe it was that breakdown in in supply. And if that's the case, everyone involved with that will need to get snapped. Yeah. No, for sure. We Joe just, himself? Oh, Trader Joe. Trader Joe, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. That, that may be a little bit more complicated because Trader Joe also regularly provides me with those orange and raspberry sc- tea scones that I love. Yeah. And yeah. I've never not had access to those. Really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I wouldn't want to snap him That's, if that means I don't get my scones anymore. That is tough. Um, all right. Joe stays. Okay. Maybe Joe's number two, who was responsible for tomato delivery. Would that be Giotto? Trader Giotto? Maybe. Because it's tomatoes? Yeah. It could be Trader Jose. Yeah. But it feels more like Trader Giotto. It does feel more like Giotto. All right, Giotto, you're getting snapped, my guy. So sorry. Lo siento. Nope, that's not. Wait, I learned Italian. You learned Italian. What is it? I've forgotten all of the Italian I learned. I honestly stopped after I mentioned in that last podcast that I was learning Italian. Mi dispiace. Oh, mi dispiace. Mi dispiace. Traitor Giotto. Hmm. What's traitor? <gasps> traitor. Mi dispiace comerciante Joe. <laughs> One more time, please. Mi dispiace comerciante Joe. <laughs> Mi dispiace comerciante Joe. Very nice. Thanks. Wait, you. let's listen to her say it. Mi dispiace comerciante Joe. Chante. Chante. Comerciante. Mi dispiace comerciante Joe. Giante. So slow. Why does he slow down? <laughs> Mi dispiace comerciante Joe. Mi dispiace come. I've lost it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. Giotto. <laughs> it's not Joe. Giotto. Well, Giotto is kind of the Italian Joe. Mi dispiace commerciante Giotto. Perfect. (laughs) You're pretty much Italian. Thank you for letting me get my sun tea. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate it. Um, how, how, how'd it go? It went great. Um, it's cooking. Mm. It's out there just... I have nothing else to say about Sunday. I don't know why I started this with Sunday. (laughs) Well, I think that's a natural segue into our next segment. Which would you choose? Which would you choose? (laughs) I'm very excited to learn about which you would choose. Mm -hmm. And in which you would choose. Right. Mm -hmm. That's why we're doing this. Which would you choose? Access to a time machine. Hmm. Oh, access to a teleportation machine. Ooh. Ooh. 
Bonnie Dolan, which would you choose? Uh, teleportation. You said that so fast. I didn't even have a chance to take a sip of my chai latte. You didn't. Take your sip. I'm going to explain. It's not that I don't like the concept of a time machine. This was a difficult one. This was a difficult one. I, I like the idea of being able to get ready right up until the moment I have to uh, be somewhere and then just teleporting there and yeah. instead of factoring in traffic and travel time. I think on a day-to-day basis, it would make my life a lot easier. Would you mostly just use it for day-to-day? Would you use it for good? Would you use it for evil? Mm. Oh, damn. I really wish I was the person who just immediately thought of the evil use and just like, was like, how can I fuck with people, you know? But I always go first to how it's going to make my life more efficient and then how I could use it for good. Because also the, the second reason I would want it is for travel, like to go see something on the opposite side of the world just because I want to mm-hmm. or just go get, you know, London fog in London. Yeah. Then I could take people with me if it's a teleportation machine. Yeah. Not then like I could take power. people with yeah. me. That would be great. How are you envisioning this machine? Is it a large thing you have to step into? Is it like a small handheld device? What are you, what are you envisioning? Okay, so what I'm envisioning is sort of slightly um, influenced by Loki, the show I'm watching right now. I haven't watched that. But I was envisioning a handheld device where I could basically step into a doorframe that would take me anywhere I want. But technically, the the device they use is for time um, and location. But I would use it for location only. That's a good answer. What about you? Um, I want to say time. I do. I can't. I know. There are very few places in time I can safely go. Yeah. So, I mean, like the future, that right. could be cool. Mm-hmm. But also, is it going to exist? It, or do we have a future? You know, like. That's a great question. How, when's the farthest in the future you could travel to? Maybe that would give you some answers. Maybe. About like how to spend your time now. Oh, maybe, maybe. But I'm actually, I'm going to go with teleportation. Yeah. It's safer for me as a woman of color. And (laughs) the thing that you said about, you know, just being able to like leave your house as soon as you're ready and get there the next second. Mm -hmm. I would still find a way to be late, I'm sure. Probably. Just like. It's your superpower. It is my superpower. Running late is my superpower. (laughs) And I would very possibly use it for mischief. Yeah, talk to me about the mischievous uses of this because it's not coming to me readily. So whenever somebody asks me about like superpowers that I want, this one's in one of my rotations of like what I would want because I feel like I have this desire (laughs) to be able to pop into like a store or something, take an article of clothing, wear it, return it without anyone noticing. Mm. And so the the superpowers I usually choose are like invisibility, teleportation, and time manipulation. Yes. To do that exact thing. Right. So a teleportation device, it's not the perfect uh, situation because, you know, I could get caught on security cameras. Yeah. Just, but then who's going to believe them? Someone just popped in. Right. Took a thing. Disappeared. Make sure that you're doing something on camera at the same time as you're doing that, like The Outsider. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And then you could be like, well, try. Yeah. Try to. to And with a teleportation device, I could do that. I could literally be like, they'd be like, okay, well, she wasn't there this one exact second, but like 
there's no way she could have gotten into that store at this time. Right. Not No way. Not a single way. Little did they know. My teleportation device. As long as you kept it a secret, you could make it happen. And I would. From everyone, including you. Sorry. Wow, really? I was going to share my London fog with you. In I, London. I'd I use it to, you like, me. get you things and, like... You know, but I feel like I'd have to keep it under wraps. It's like not that I don't trust that you wouldn't tell people, but if people like are asking questions like, "Whoa, how did you manage to get to to London and and Europe and London and Europe, London and Europe, yep, and all these places?" What are, what are you gonna say? You know, so it's like I think it's best to keep it a secret. Less questions, but a secret from me. Yeah. Because a, a witness statement, like if you weren't on camera somewhere else while you were returning items, I could be your witness statement. Oh, yes. But I could say you never left my side, even when you did. But like, and I would. Wouldn't you do that anyways? No context. If I was just like, Bonnie, somebody's going to ask where I was, you say that I was by your side. Yeah, I mean, well, of then, course I would, but this makes me mad that you won't tell me about your teleportation device. Sorry. I just, it's like the number one rule in all like move, sci-fi movies and stuff. If you get a superpower, if you get access to a life-changing machine or science What's it, what's it going to do? You're not supposed to tell people. How, how is it going to affect the way you use it? The government might try and take it away if they know I have it. You think I'm going to tell the government? No, I'm not saying that you are going to tell the government. I'm just saying that the more people involved, the higher chance the government's going to find out. And I know you're just one person, but like, that's more than me, you know? Yeah, but it's essentially just like you because they won't tell anyone. What if like drunk Bonnie is like, hey, I went to Germany, something, something, salty olive. (laughs) And then people ask questions and then, you know, you're like, Oh, it's fine. I'm drunk. I have a teleportation device because my roommate has a teleportation device. Like, I don't, you know. Okay, first of all, I want to say, how often have you seen Drunk Bonnie lately? Not very. Second of all, if I was drunk and talking about a (laughs) teleportation device, do you think the government would take me seriously? I don't think the government believes it's possible. To make that. Or they've already done it. Or they've already done it. And they're number one suspect for who is going to get their hands on that uh, technology first is a commercial director from Long Beach, California. Mm -hmm. Shelly Norfleet. Shelly Norfleet. (sighs) Fine. Yes! I will tell you if and when I get a teleportation device. Thank you. You're welcome. I hope to continually prove that I am trustworthy. I'm sure you will. And I hope that you know it's not that I don't trust you. It's that I don't trust anyone. I get that. And I understand that. I just want you to know that you can trust me. Okay. I just want you to know that I won't. Okay. Moving forward. Okay. And I haven't before. Okay. I've never trusted a soul in my life. Okay. Well, that's neither here nor there. But we... Agreed. We just did an air five. We did an air five. I thought that like it'd be fun to like determine, you know, we agreed or we disagreed. 
but I started it too late and didn't tell you about it. You didn't, but I'm I'm down. We, we agree. <laughs> the problem with that is we're just saying it in unison. Nobody's seeing our air five, but we keep doing the air five <laughs> like everybody's watching. Well, I feel like the way that we're saying it kind of just makes you imagine an air five. Yeah. It's kind of so, like the orange mocha frappuccino. Exactly. Jump. Air so, jump Everybody, when we, whenever you hear we agreed, said like that, just picture us doing a really awesome mm-hmm. Air 5 from across the room. Slow-mo Air 5. Slow-mo and badass. Just like looking so cool. Fireworks behind us. Definitely like, fireworks. Motorcyclists jumping cars mm-hmm. in the background. Yeah. Um, aerialists coming down from silks. Taylor on, Ta- Taylor on all of the silks. Yeah. 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 Last but not least, before we leave and go back to doing whatever it is that we were doing before we're melting into these chairs, <laughs> I want to have another planned argument with you. Because last time you did it, it was a trap. It wasn't a trap. It was. Just because I'm right doesn't mean it was a trap. It was a trap because to get me to drink. Your calendar doesn't mean it was a tra- trap. So, our planned argument for today that I came up with that I'm very excited to talk to you about is a debate between why your smash main or my smash main is the best smash main. Great. Yeah, let's do it. I think that they might need more context than smash mains. Super Smash Brothers ultimate main character. Wonderful. That we both play with. Yes. We've been playing hella smash. A lot. Um, our neighbors have it on Nintendo Switch. We're basically over there every day anyway. So we play Smash. A lot. Um, too much? We haven't played today, but we're probably going, we're going to, to after yeah. we do this. Yeah. And we've we've learned a lot about ourselves. We really have. When I went into playing Smash for the first time in a long time, my main was Kirby. And while I still love Kirby, while Kirby is still in heavy rotation... I'm switching to more heavy hitters and swordsmans. Okay. I really like Ganondorf and Ike. Okay. Those are my two top fellas. Okay, I knew about Ganondorf, but Ike is recent, so I'm excited to hear you defend this. Sheik has been my main for a very long time. When I started playing Smash Ultimate, started with Sheik... And then we did this thing where we just kept playing a bunch of characters, like all of the characters systematically to just be able to say we played each of them. Lo and behold, my main these days is Toon Link. Beep, 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 beep. Toon Link Toon forever. Toon Link life. And I love him so much. Oh, I also play Pyra mm. and Banjo-Kazooie. Boobs, yeah. But for the purposes of this planned argument, I'm going to defend Toon Link. Who will you be defending? Ike. Ike. Okay, great. Both swordsmen. Both swordsmen, yeah. Drawn very differently. Yes. Toon Link is um, a bit more (laughs) toon-y. Somewhat toon-like. And Ike is a bit more anime style. Yeah, a little more realistic. Yeah. When we were doing alphabetical runs and trying to figure out everybody, I had played Ike a couple of times, but I learned that I really liked his up B Mm -hmm. and his side B and his smash. Okay. And I really can only do those moves with him, but I kick 
ass with Ike. Yeah, you do. And I, I'm sorry. I don't mean to, you know, throw any shade, but I don't understand Toon Link. I don't understand what the draw is for Toon Link. I've tried to play him. I can't play him. Okay. And so it's partially, you know, user error. I don't know how to use Toon Link, and he doesn't play to my strengths. Right. Okay, number one on Toon Link's list is his winner's his winner's celebration move. At the end, when when your team wins or when Toon Link wins, he is the most beautiful dancer's pose. His arms is just I think he's from Wind Waker, so he's waking the wind. Oh. I don't I don't know. But his arms are beautiful. Yeah. He has his little his little stick. Yep. And he's just... He's just like conducting in like a very fluid ballet yes. motion. Very serene. Very... It is. It's peaceful. It, he's beautiful. Um, so that's obviously number one for why Toon Link is the best. Um, I really like his up B, his little like spinny sword thing. Um, and then his side smashes are great. Uh, he's also really small and really fast, so that's why I prefer him to Young Link or OG Link. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Also, I started playing him because it was funny, and now <laughs> I'm just used to him. Also, what I really like doing is side-smashing people so they fly off the stage, and then they have to work their way back onto the stage, and while they're trying to work their way back, I just throw a boomerang at them. <laughs> so they just get launched farther toward the side of the stage. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I just, I don't like fast characters at all. Oh, I do. I feel like I'm always, cause I, especially when we're playing Smash with all of the people, we tend to like chaos. Mm -hmm. So usually all the human people that are playing are on a team against, and that's about four of us, against four computers. And I can never tell where I am on screen. Yep. And so with fast characters, I fall off the edge so much because I'm I'm move I move a little bit and then I move very far. Yeah. Uh, with slow characters, if I I have to take a lot of effort to move, so it's harder for me to fall off of the stage, and so I can just stand in the middle and basically do damage. It is harder to get like the friends. Oh yeah. And the pokeballs and. I don't. We, I don't know the names for any of these things. We've the, just been the calling friend them. Item? I don't know. Yeah, they're they're little guy that helps you. We and call the, the friend. His little case. This little like beautiful opalescent case. Yeah, we call him the friend. The reason that I I started having Kirby as my main was because I could keep track of him more often. And if I never, if I didn't know where I was, I would just press the fly button, and then I could see myself and I was flying. And also. It was harder for me to, you know, die because I could always just save myself by flying. Right. So slow characters have just kind of been my comfort zone. And I don't I don't really like having a fast character where I never know where they're gonna be. Well, this is less of an argument and more of a conversation. Yeah. But how do you make it more of an argument? I don't know. We're usually on a team when we play Smash because it's I think it's more fun to be on a team with your friends than it is to try to like beat them. Who do you think is the worst character? Mm, the worst character? I mean, Mewtwo kind of sucks. Mewtwo does kind of suck. I really don't. Mewtwo and Rosalina, like, I don't know how to use... They don't adhere to the laws of gravity. Yeah. So I never know where I'm going on the screen when I jump or when I move at all. I don't like most of the Pokemon except for Incineroar, but I think that the Pikachus and Pichus suck. That is wild. I... 
hate playing as them. Whenever I play as random and I get one of them, I basically am signing a death warrant. Because <laughs> all I can do, all I can figure out how to do is just pull lightning from the sky. Yeah. And then that also hurts me. Oh, does it? Yeah. You you get some damage when you do that. When it doesn't hit anybody. Oh, okay. Um, and I think it sucks. I think that is a character flaw. And I hate it. What's so weird is that most of the online lists I've looked at have Peach at the very top and then Pichu and Pikachu like right underneath Peach. I don't even understand Peach being at the top. Me neither. I can't. I tried. We we learned that yesterday. We played a round of all Peaches and I felt, I mean, I was doing fine. I was doing damage, but that's because we were all Peach. So we could all do the same amount of damage, which was not very much. I don't. I don't trust these forums. I think that our plan argument should be with these people. You know what I really want to do is watch like a stream of like a professional Smash player play with Peach. Because mm. I want to see, because apparently if you know what you're doing with Peach, you can really do some damage. And I don't know what I'm doing with Peach. I kind of want to do that with Rosalina though, because I agree that she... Whenever a computer plays against her, we often play with the computers up as high as we can get them. She kicks my ass. Like hard. Rosalina? Yeah. <laughs> but anytime I try to play her, I have done exactly like 100% damage. And uh, out of like 1,000 <laughs> or whatever. Uh, maybe not percent, but I can't. I can't do it. And I, I want to know how people do it. I want to know how to use these characters. I just can't figure it out. Okay, so I'm going to give you a challenger. Let's say that you have to do at least 20 battles with Rosalina. Okay. Like playing as Rosalina. Yeah. Because that seems like you want to know how to use her. You have to practice, right? Okay. Oh, God. I'm basically just agreeing to losing Smash... (laughs) For 20 times. Um, All right. I'm going to give you one then. Okay. 20 games at least as Mewtwo. Great. (laughs) I love it. I've never been happier. Yeah. We're both going to do really good things. Actually, okay. Wait. Hang on. Okay. Because our challengers are more about getting to know each other, right? Yeah. So maybe, maybe you should do 20 games as Toon Link. And I should do 20 games as Ike. That makes more sense and makes me hate our challengers less. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> let's do that because that's more fun for me anyway. Bonus, though, is if we can figure out how to kick ass as these two people that we just That we just trashed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's do it. All right. 20 and 20. 20 and 20. Toon Link and Ike. Bonus. Bonus. If you, Rosalina, me, Mewtwo. Or as Bree would call him, Mutu. Mutu. Yeah. That sounds good to me. Great. It sounds doable. And we should probably just get on, you know, get to work on on doing that. Yeah, we should just. We could just. What if we just. I don't know if anybody's home next door. Do we know where the key is? Yes. Why don't we just. Why don't we just go? Okay, so we're going to go break into our neighbor's house. Yep. And um, we hope that you enjoyed this, and thank you for coming to the living room. Oh, my God. You said it this time. I, I was about to say it, and then I caught myself, and then I was like, no, now you're waiting for me to say something. Right. So I should say what I was about to say, but then I felt like I was stepping on your toes. You can see this? No. 
Thank you for coming to the living room. Bobby. Thank you for having me, Shelly. Until next time. Till next time. Bye. Bye. We're not dating at all. Thanks for listening to Everybody Ships Us. This podcast is executive produced by Schmangy Incorporated and is hosted, produced, and edited by Shelly Norfleet and Bonnie Dolan, with help from our production assistant, Brianna Chapelier. Our theme song was written by Bonnie Dolan and arranged by Andrew Carter, who also does our mixing and mastering. Our cover art was shot by Cynthia Price and designed by Shelly Norfleet. To get into contact with us, find us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Everybody Ships Us, and on Twitter at Ships Us Pod. Or you can email us at everybodyshipsus at gmail.com. If you like this podcast, make sure to follow or subscribe on your preferred podcast listening app.